Welcome legends, it's been a week of ups and downs at Cheezo's Cheezles. JJ sunk like the Titanic for me, I had him in that one week and it was always destined to fail. But unlike the skipper of the Titanic, I will not go down with my ship. I will press on and I'm going to look for some positives to keep me going. Once again, I'm uh, with here with my better half, Houston. How's your week going, Houston? Yeah, fellas, uh, not bad. Had a had a pretty decent week, went up yeah. some rankings when I thought I was doing pretty bad, so can't complain with that. Nah, that's good, mate. I finally bounced back. I was in the top 2,000 for the week with 2,200. So um, I was pretty happy with that to, to finally see some positives with my team. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a good feeling when you actually get something. You, you go up in the rankings and you're thinking the whole whole round, oh, this has been a shambles. And then you actually go up in the rankings and you think, oh, sweet. Finally Gives inside some- the top 220,000. Woo! Yes. Gives you some positivity. It's good. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Let's get cracking into this in teams. There's a little bit of carnage, not as much as probably we predicted. Um, you've got the first team line up there, mate. Do you want to crack on with the uh, absolute blockbuster on the Friday between the Hawks and the Adelaide Crows? Both teams going well so far. Should be bloody good. Um, mm. With the Hawks, we've got Joshy Gibson in and Daniel Howe out. Uh, so get rid of him. Yeah. And for the Crows, got cash cow, semi-cash cow, Wayman Lira out with a quad. So. Yeah, Wayne Malia already had a pretty high break even, so yeah, he was he was going to lose cash if he played this week, so it kind of makes the, the suggestion of trading him out and finding someone in, like if you do a DPP and get Darcy Byrne-Jones or someone in the back line for a bit of a cash grab, um, I, I think that's probably not a bad idea. That's it, off to the slaughterhouse for him, so yeah. Yeah. Okay, Sydney Swans and West Coast Eagles. We've uh, got Callum Sinclair back in to face his old side and the Eagles, and we've also got George Hewitt 
Now, Did you hear it? Yeah, it, it was a bit of a... Uh, he had a bit of a down game, um, and they, they sent him back to the Kneeful to just get a little bit of a, uh, a bit of form back, and he, he finished best on... Um, Tore it up. Yeah, he, he, he finished best on in the, the Kneeful game against Red, the, the Redland Bombers, so he kicked a sausage roll as well, I think, in their, um, in their game. So... Um, He's he's coming back for another grab, and remember this guy's averaged twenty five touches in the Nifl and and um, you know eight tackles and things like that. He's a jet. He's just got to get a bit more of a run. And in a, a close checking uh, game like um, uh, at a, at the SCG against West Coast, I think Sydney are going to shut it down. We, we might surprise, uh, might be surprised that he might put out a another decent score as long as they don't leave him stuck up in the forward line like they have been. That's um, it. On That's the yeah, he's only West Coast to... side. Um, Matty Prittis back in. That's a good one for you, Houston. Yeah, well, no, not really. I, I had to reverse my trade last oh, week. Oh, yeah, that's right. Minute. Who did you end up going home. instead? Robbie Bloody Gray got 74. Mm. So, well, I, I suppose put, it's better than Prittis getting zero. Yeah. Well, what could I do? I, yeah, I went either Robbie Gray or Luke Parker. They both sputtered it up. So I sort of <laughs> thought, uh, win-win situation, lose-lose situation, I guess. <laughs> you kept George Hill, didn't you? You didn't jump the gun and get him out. Yeah, no, nah, I kept him. Wasn't going to drop any price. With with the rookies, it's silly silly move getting rid of them if they're not playing and they're sitting on your bench with a really low break even, so I kept him in there. Yeah, good. Named on the interchange, so he's not stuck up forward. Papley gets another game, which is great uh, for those that are keeping him. Are you going to jump the gun and get Papley out? Nah, not yet. Trades are, yeah, trades are very hard to come by at the end of the year, and Papley's, yeah, we'll go through it a little bit later, but he's got a pretty good run coming up after this game. Yeah, same. Um, okay, Gold Coast Suns and Kangaroos, take it away. So, big in, uh, Daniel Curry. Anyone who has him on the bench, obviously, um, looks like he's come in to get a bit of height after Stephen May is out for May. Mm-hmm. And um, no change on the North Melbourne side of things. So, if you've got Daniel Curry there, it'd be good if, you've, um, if you're worried about Stephen Martin being a laid out because he's, well, May put him into June, July. Um, <laughs> See, yeah, if you've got Curry on the bench, you'd be happy with the little bit of cover, cover you got there. Yeah, good. Any of our rookies missing from that game? Not uh, Ryan. Oh, yeah, here we go. Ryan bloody Davis. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? <laughs> what does he usually kick? Zero goals, five for a game. Misses yeah. every shot out on the full. Bloody Two hell. No, he's a, it's, you, you can't trade him. He's at 178,000, break even 17. You just got to leave him there and yeah. use, him a, use him as a loophole. You got a, um, if you've got the likes of George Hewitt playing at 140, you've got Ryan Davis at 435, you can, um, you know, I guess you can, oh, wait. yeah, yeah, see how Hewitt goes. And if he, if he goes really well, you can obviously chuck Davis on the field for a, um, one of your other rookies that you've got playing in the mid. So see how you go there. Emergency loophole. Yeah, exactly. And if you need that explained any further, we will definitely put out a post if uh, anyone needs it. Um, yeah, Dan Dan Curry, I think, is probably just going to be a, a, a once-off while Tommy Nichols... Um, it says that he's omitted, but he's their number one ruck, then quite clearly. I don't think he's going to be out for too much time. He's probably just um, doing what Rocket Eid said and, and just needs a little bit of a rest. It says Ryan Davis has been rested. I don't think he's been o- omitted as yeah, much as everyone it. else does. So um, don't jump off these guys too quickly, I don't think. Um, right. It's basically what we need to talk. Good to see the uh, Master versus the Apprentice. Todd Goldstein versus Daniel Curry. Yeah, it's considering... Well, they spent so many years together um, as Goldstein's understudy because he was at North Melbourne before Gold Coast, pretty sure. 
Yeah, that's it. He was. He was up north, and he was always our um, captain's loophole for the last couple of years, sitting yeah. on the ruck bench. And now he's, uh, yeah, he's versing the the master. So, be good to see how he goes. Goldie could go for bloody two hundred. Yeah, um, elevated rookie Peter Wright um, sitting at full forward. So he's another another rookie. Probably wouldn't have him in your team or looking to be getting him in anyway. Yeah, that's it. Um, Port and Geelong. Okay, so we've got um, no real relevant ins or outs um, for the Port Power side. Brandon uh, Archie, for those that win a mid-price midfielder. Um, on the Cats side of things, Corey Enright comes back in after his rest. Um, and Lincoln McCarthy, the uh, the forward rookie that a lot of us have, um, he's back in. Um, he wasn't. He didn't play any VFL, I don't think, he, last week, did he, Houston? No, nah, he um they just I think they just rested him. Yeah. They were playing Essendon, so you know, they no offense, buddy, but I think they rested him. But they almost buddy got done. I, I looked I was at work at the time and I looked and there were there was a goal in it and then all of a sudden it was thirty points. So Yeah. Yeah, uh, you can never trade out somebody that's got a break even of bloody minus forty eight. Yeah, exactly. And we were talking about how he smashed it and um he was a bit unlucky to get traded out and people were uh, a little bit curious as, uh, like, why didn't we cover, like, if we should hold him or keep him? Of course you're going to hold him. He's just been rested. Like, it's uh, it, it, it's an absolute no-brainer. Yeah, that's it. Be a good game, this, I reckon. Yeah. Tommy Ruggles and Darcy Byrne-Jones, two bubble boys, sitting on the bench for their respective teams. They're getting another game. So if you've got them, they're going to make you a bit of coin. Um, other than that, not much too much to cover. Let's go on to the Dogs and the Lions. Houston. Doggies, the big, big, big out, JJ. So if yep. you... Heartbroken, and if you got him in, got him out. That's um, I'm yeah. bloody heartbroken. I was at the game myself, and um, yeah, you were at the game. Yeah, unfortunately, it was a stupid. Was that game. you throwing your your full beer over that young lady in the front row? Hey, always, every week. I don't even go to um MCG anymore because I'm not allowed <laughs> to get in the MCC. So just you were doing that, but it had nothing to do with your Supercoach team. No, nah, only Eddie had games. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I lit my uh, Carlton jumper on fire at half time. So, <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. No, it was it was sorry. It was a sorry side. I I felt bad for the fella. He absolutely just nailed this goal. And I, like I think Jordan said on the podcast on Monday, just like five minutes, five seconds of just complete hate, just of not having him. And then straight after, it was like, oh, I dodged a bullet there. So yeah. yeah, I feel sorry for the kid. He's a bloody ripper of a player, and he's mm-hmm. not going to be back this year. So well, he will be maybe ten weeks later. But yeah, yeah. He, he'll be back sometime after the buys. I think big blow. Um, only other the big pod in Eastern Wood, so if you want to take a, a shot at him, could go mm-hmm. straight swap. And the huge, huge in for the game is Tommy Rockcliffe. Yep. So I think I said last week, if you still got him, hold him because he was a very close to selection last week. So he's back this week. I think they will ease him into it. Uh, he has been like he's yeah he, he's one of those players though. He's you've got to have him at some stage of the year some stage of the year but his break even's quite high at the moment so yeah see how he goes and um if you haven't got him might be a good upgrade target in a couple of weeks yeah a lot of us licking our lips i, I think they're going to play him in the forward line just to nurse him back in too yeah he's named in the half forward half forward center half forward so um yeah see how he goes yeah and uh stefan martin's been named in the ruck so it doesn't look like he's suffering too much from the concussion side of things um, possibly a late out, do you think? Yeah, keep an eye on that one because, like I said earlier, if he is a late out, you're going to cop a zero pretty much. So if you've got if you've got trade plans maybe to get Johannesson out and that's your only trade for this week, why not just wait until that game? You've got till 
Saturday night and it comes to five o'clock Saturday night and Steph Martin's gone out, mm. then you can sort of, like, you can still get Johannesson out, but you can sort of tra- change your trade plans a little bit. So, yeah, yeah. think about that. I'm, I'm looking my lips at Bontempelli too. He's only averaging 85 so far and he's dropped a ton yeah. of cash. He's a good-looking upgrade too. Dropped down a little bit there. So, yeah, it's... um. It's an interesting game. I think it'll be a good one. I think doggies will get up, obviously. But, yeah, St. Kilda and Giants, go for it, buddy. Yeah, Saints have no real relevant ends um, uh, rookie-wise that you'd be looking at getting. Um, on the Giants side of things, the only real in is probably Jacob Hopper. He's more than likely going to be sitting up on the extended bench again. Um, I can't really get a read on um, the Giants. Jack Steele's gone from uh, omitted to extended bench to first rover. I don't really know. Um, your boy, your favourite, favourite Bruce Lee in the back pocket. Hey, what? <laughs> That's going to turn into a thing now, isn't it? It's going to be Bruce Lee for the rest of the season. He's uh, he's on his last legs, Brucey. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully he has a good game because I don't want him, want him to get dropped just before he makes me a tiny little bit of cash. I reckon, <laughs> I reckon my last week he got 60-odd, not bad, so... It's got a negative break even, but bloody hell. I hope yeah. he hope he does well this game so I can just make a little bit of cash out of him so it doesn't feel like a complete mistake. Yeah, cool. All right, straight on to the Dockers and your boys. Hey, Freo versus Carlton. Watch the Blue Boys smash it. They're um, 0-4 and 0-4 this game, so Fremantle destined for their first win of the year. Uh, only relevant in uh, sort of is Darcy Tucker Freo, but I wouldn't, um, wouldn't look at him too, too early. And... All the blues, not a huge notable, no outs. The only, oh, huge in, Liam Jones, mate. That, guy's, that guy's a gun. He kicked six or something in the VFL. No, oh, mate, leave him there. Why Still you, a spud. Just don't even worry about him. But, um, yeah, there's, yeah, not too much relevance from this game. Look out for Fifey. Oh, he's he's going to be a big, big captain choice this yep. week. Yeah, um, obviously, Michael Barlow named on a half-forward flank. A lot of people worry that he was going to get dropped this week, but... Um, lives another day. Yeah, he, he lives another day. He's still going. He's averaged 90 over the last two weeks, which you can't sniff at, and he got that 82 from 14 touches or so. So you'd expect him to rock um, through a few more touches at Domain Stadium against Carlton. Um, another one to look at is Brady Gray sitting on the extended bench for Frio. Um, he's another uh, low-priced rookie. Absolutely racks it up in the VFL contested player. And uh, Kieran Byrne um, in for another game. He's a bubble boy this week. Is he Houston? Yeah, yeah, he sure is. Uh, he is. Let's see. He's named on the fullback in the fullback pocket. Yeah, so on ground. He's a bubble boy. Get him in. Job security is pretty sweet. So cool. um, yeah, wouldn't worry about that much. Awesome. Okay, uh, Melbourne and Richmond. Uh, we got some big ins. Um, Christian. Petrarca, the name we've all been waiting for, named on an extended bench. Bloody okay. extended bench. Yeah, the, the the word is that he's, he thinks he pisses rainbows. So I think Hughes, uh, Hughes Ruse has been uh, um, sitting him in the VFL just to try and make him earn his craft. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's an emergency this week. I, I, like, um, I'm not sure if he, he comes in this week. He's been smashing it in the VFL. I think they still want some more game into him. Just yeah. if you're really that keen, I'd be looking at for the VFL team names because if he's named in that, you know he's going to be an emergency. That's it, yeah. Right. yeah. Um, yeah it, it'll be good to see him get a game. I think it's making he's making progress, which is a good thing. It's good to see him actually named. Yeah. Um, so 
hopefully he plays. That would be amazing, but I'd, I'd say it's very unlikely. Yeah. Clayton Oliver rested. Um, Alex Neil Bullen that I've highlighted a few times, going to be on the extended bench again. He's still knocking the door down. On the Richmond side of things, Brett Delidio finally named. Could still be a laid out. He's going to have a fitness test on the day. They're going to give him up to you know 90 minutes before the game when the final team sheets are put in before he's uh, kicked out. Um, which I probably think he's that quad complaint's going to keep him out for one more week. I'm hearing from Tigers um, insiders, um, but we'll see how we go. Uh, Menadju survives. My boy Coriella survives. Daniel Rioli named on a wing, so he's still got these uh, these uh, rookies getting named. Um, hopefully, making some more cash if Menadju can conjure up more than twenty to beat his break even. The Spud Spudadju, um, and my Corey, my Coriella boy. Finally comes good with an 80-odd. Hey. Did you know he's averaging the exact same amount as Menager now? <laughs> What's you, that you, like? you just You just well. wait. Corey Ellis is 80. If he backs it up this week, he's going to get in front of Menager for dollars made, and I'm going to look like a genius. Oh, mate. Uh, all you, all you yeah. guys in, in Doc Supercoach making fun of me for Corey Ellis, I'm going to be laughing right back in your face, Houston. Doc's just sitting here listening to this right now going... <laughs> Eh, what are you talking about? <laughs> the doc's so good, he's had Christian Petrarca making money on his team from the VFL. I know. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. So, <laughs> jealousy levels are high. Uh, Wagner? Has he been Yeah, named? Wagner's named on a, a wing. Um, he had a really good role last week, but the first week when they had Bernie Vince in was pretty terrible. Um, and he's got a very, very bad... Uh, uh, ratio between Supercoach and Dream Team. I think he had 100 or high 90s Dream Team points. He only put up a, a 50 or a 60 in Supercoach. So um, I don't think it's really translating just yet. Um, and, you know, if he has an average game Dream Team-wise, like, he might put up a 30 for you in, in Supercoach like he did in his first game. So um, he's not high on my priority list just yet. I think I can... I can I can have a, another look for another week. If he gets, But if he gets 60 or 70, then he'll go up 60 or 70. Maybe 60K, I reckon. So. Yeah, when, when you've got Tommy Ruggles and Darcy Byrne-Jones, it probably have a bit more job security then because, remember, you got a few guys knocking the door down. Um, Not much for him there. Yeah, I, I'd be a bit wary about it to start with. Uh, and you've got Essendon and Collingwood, the uh, the big blockbuster on the uh, Anzac Day Monday. Can't wait for this game. I reckon your boys will bloody do them here. Oh, I bloody hope so. Oh, that would just be incredible. How's um so Mason Cox? He's he's finally in. He's yep. been named in full forward. So yep. that'll be really good, really good to see. I think um it's come at the expense of Jesse White, the worst player in the AFL. <laughs> That's good to see. The New York uh, Roberts. <laughs> yeah, the other uh, relevant ones, I guess. Um, Ryan Crowley's back in. He's been named on the extended bench, as has Sam Grimley. And Jonathan Simpkin, yeah. uh, Sam Grimley. That's one of a lot of people still have in their team. So be uh, good to see if he is named. I don't reckon he'll get named. No, he, no. From an Essendon side of things, Crowley, Simpkin, and Grimley are going to be the emergencies. Yeah, that's it. So it's, yeah, nothing, nothing else relevant for that game. It's going to be a good game though. Yeah. Um, oh, stop the press, Houston. Darcy Parish named in a forward pocket. Are we concerned? No, I I wouldn't take it. I'll take it with a grain of salt at the moment. They're, it's a Monday game. I think that, yeah, the the teams, they aren't really set. Surely they're just foxing. That's it. you got, well, we got Connor, oh, no, sorry, uh, Orazio Fantasia. 
running in through the centre. Is that normal for you guys? Um, he's more of a half-back. He's been racking up some touches, though. He's averaging high 90s in uh, Dream Team and things like that. So um, mm. he does get a fair bit of the ball. You've got Connor McKenna in for another game. Um, I'm, it's getting a little bit emotional for me because I know it's almost time to to cut Darcy Parrish loose out into the pastures and uh, upgrade him. So I think there's going to be a pretty somber podcast uh, the week that that happens. We've got to talk about Zaharakis and Zach Merritt. Yep. Those guys really are really weapons. Absolute weapons. I've, I've been tempted to burn trades to get Merritt in. I think he's going to finish as a top five forward. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you know, you're going to need to get him in. Yeah. The the thing for me, um, I try and be as unbiased as possible when I'm thinking about Essendon. Zaharakis tends to go pretty good in runs. And Merritt has always been a good player. But I am a little bit worried about him being just a third-year player and being a, a kind of a smaller, shorter body in that midfield, having to carry so much load. I, Essendon's playing out of their skin at the moment. I'm not sure that Zach Merritt and David Zaharakis can continue carrying this team. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It's Zaharakis. I don't, I can't see him keeping it up for no. the whole year. The, the only thing I can see with Zach Merritt is that. Because he's got the mid-forward eligibility, obviously yep. gives him a little bit of room, average-wise, mm. to play with. So you can you can probably have him at, at the end of the year as an F6, F7 or whatnot, yeah. and, um, if you've I, had him there already. I think for a midfielder, you've missed the boat on Zahara because you had to start with him or pick him up before his price, price rose. Um, Z- yeah, Zach Merritt's now three, uh, sorry, um, 530k or thereabouts. And that's really, really borderline for being a maximum price you can expect from Zach Merritt. I, he's obviously not going to keep going at 115 for the rest of the season. I mean, Brett Deledio and Montagna were the only two that averaged above 110 last year as forwards, and they had 112 and 110 off the top of my head. So the law of averages says that Zach Merritt's going to come back to the field. And remember, you've, you're chasing points. If he's averaged 115 now... As every every one of those big guys goes on runs for a while, he probably only averages 100 for the year or a 1.5, say, let's say, goes that well. That means he's probably only going to average 95 to 100 from here on in. Yeah, he's peaking right now. So he's Yeah, just, so you're probably paying overs for him. When you've got a guy like, say, Chad Wingard, who you can pick up for 4.30 um, and has averaged high 90s two years running, like I would be more inclined to pick up someone like him instead of Zach Merritt. Yeah, you'd just be happy if you got Merritt at the moment. The people that don't have him are sort of thinking, well, I hope he has a shit one. Yeah. Oops, swear word. Don't be, don't be throwing the baby out of the bathwater just to get him in. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I know. That's it. Yeah. All so, right. Next segment. Next. Let's, yeah. All right. Let's uh, jump into Houston. We have a problem recap from last week. Who to cull and who to keep with the rookies. So this is a good point to refer back to our break-evens article. If you have a rookie such as Mills or um, a player that's got a, a low break-even of 20 to 30, you, you don't you won't want to cull them yet because they don't, they're still going to appreciate in value. Keep keep your rookies at the moment. Don't get rid of them if you, if you can help it. So last week we went through who to cull and who to keep. So I think we mentioned that with the rookies, it's a wait and see approach. So there's a yeah a couple of rookies that were close to the bubble. There's a couple of couple of rookies that are underperforming. So it always gives you a bit of clarity to wait for the week. So I think um, yeah, it's 
always always good advice to just wait and see. Take a wait and see approach. If you jump the gun early, then like for example, George Hewitt, perfect example. You jumped him last week, comes back this week. You're going to make you some cash. Uh, this is Houston. Uh, say again, please. Houston, we have a problem. Um, the biggest thing this week, obviously, is Jason Johannesson. Yeah, what do we do with him? You just you got to go straight to a, another premium defender. There's there's no sort of way around it unless you've got four premium defenders in your back line at the moment. The then you can sort of switch it around and maybe get a, a um, underpriced midfielder or an underpriced forward in. But you're just going to have to go straight to a Alex France or a Bashar Hawley, a Rory Laird. If you don't have Heath Shaw, if you've got cover for the week, maybe with Johannesson you keep him on your bench and see if Shaw drops down a little bit. I'm not too sure. <laughs> not too sure on um, Shaw's break even this week. Do you know that off the top of your head? Uh, off the top of my head, I think it's 130 something. 124. So very, very close. I um, just know num- numbers. I just see numbers like a, a beautiful mind, mate. It just comes out of everywhere. <laughs> um, there's. A, I know that there's a couple of, like you've got your Jared, Mc, Jared McVeigh and um, Matty Boyd. They'll be coming Shh, down in the next. Don't mention Matty Boyd. Oh, yeah. Wait, that they don't don't choose them, don't choose them. No, but um, yeah. Basically, to sum it up, go to another primo, another primo defender. Don't ruin your structures. I know you want like the switches and the, the Marcus Adams forward and the Tipper forward and whatnot. It it gets you a bit tempted, but remember the reason you chose the structures. You can't be going in every week with bloody four or five rookies on the field in the back line. They're just too inconsistent. So, with the problem. Just go to another primo and hope for the best. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually going to mention uh, JJ in Chizo's tasty trades. Just uh, some something from the periphery of my cerebral cortex. Um, that uh, what to do with <laughs> is, with JJ. Um, I've got some little sneaky ideas, including some Bulldogs players that haven't really been mentioned this week. So keep Ooh. looking out for that later on. I like it. Yeah, uh, we're going to jump straight into some captaincy options this week. And I just want to be first to say that captaincy options last week, you can look at as many stats as you want and you can have a gut feel about this player and he's matched up against him. And, you know, we had, um, you know, I heard we have Goldie against uh, Frio and he was going to score 600 points because there was no Sanderlands. And we had uh, Fife against uh, Ben Jacobs and, and the Ruse, so he wasn't going to score anything. But what do you know? Fife comes out with 140-odd. Goldie only scrapes to 120. You can't pick it sometimes, Houston. No, that's it. And, like, if you look at it, if you had have gone the VC in this week and gone, uh, I guess, like myself, I went VC Danger and then Captain Ablett. It just oh. didn't work out right. No. So, like, it, it's good to go back to the roots, I guess. If we go back to, uh, I guess, Fife and Goldie, VC and C, yeah. just a bit of a safe option. How many times did that go wrong last year? No, I'd not many. Say, Twice, maybe. Not in the same week, though. Yeah, exactly right. So, you, yeah. I um, When all else fails, go back to what you know. But that, yeah. that's what we tried to do with Gaz this week, and he got 109. So, yeah, so a lot of people. I'm going to throw some numbers out there to you, Houston. Uh, top of the list, we've got Fife. He averages 134 on Carlton and 130 at Domain Stadium. Uh, coming off the back of 141, I think he's probably going to tear your boys a new one. Yes, I agree. Uh, Number two, we've got a Goldie. Averages 122 on the Gold Coast against Dan Curry. I think he's probably going to match that. Um, and he also averages 122 at Metricon. So he's probably in for another big game. 
coming off 121 last week, I can't, and you know, he's averaging 128.5. I can't really see him having a poor game. So I'm happy, you know, doing the VC loophole Goldstein into Fife. That's a really safe option, I think, this week. This is the perfect VC. Seat. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, Gaz, we've got third on the list. Uh, you can't really ignore Gaz. He averages 139 on the Ruse and 150 at Metricon. Um, he, a lot of people coming out this week saying he looked a little bit sore last week. Did you see any of that in the game? I remember watching it, and I I remember very, very late in the game, he was in the back pocket getting cheap little points, and then he'd run across the other back pocket for the switch, and he was literally screaming <laughs> his head off trying to get extra points. I, I think he knows his, he, he counts his super coach score or something like that if someone gives him an update because late in that fourth quarter, he was busting his gut trying to get cheap posies when the game was gone. Yeah, that's it. I think like what what people have got to remember as well is that Gaz missed a lot and a lot of last year. He's getting older mm-hmm. and I think he might just be showing general soreness. Like if you go out there and you're busting it every single week in yeah. a team that's not strong without him, then, of course, you're going to pull up sore at some stages. They've been killing it as well. So um, it, I, I think he'll play this week, and I think he'll get through the game unscathed. But yeah. it's always always a worry. The, the thing you think about is what happened last year. He comes out for yeah. three or four rounds, or three rounds, was it, and then absolutely blitzes it, and then you lost him again. So yeah. I think probably what hurts him this week is I thought Dion Presti was out. I'm just going to double-check that if I can Yeah, I think up. he is out. Yeah, that, that's probably uh, something that's going to affect him a little bit. Um, he is out, Dion Preston. Yeah, Dion Preston out with illness. Again, it doesn't list the illness, but it's probably going to put a little bit more pressure on Hall and Gaz um, and a team that probably isn't going to get the hitouts to advantage with Dan Curry in there. So um, just keep an eye out for that. Um, obviously, he come out and score 150, it's Gaz, but... Um, I'm not quite as concerned as everyone else seems to be that he's going to be a late withdrawal this week. Yeah, so basically everything we've said, go against it. <laughs> didn't work last week. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the <laughs> final one I've got written down here, another big gun, it's Danger. There's no uniques this week. Um, we're not going too far from that. Uh, Danger averages 106 on port. First game back at the Adelaide over where he averages 131. I can see him having a, a quite a big influence for Geelong this weekend. And I, I'd, If I had him, I, I wouldn't have any hesitancy uh, um, whacking the big C on him and letting him run away with it. The only, the only, like looking at this, the only two couple of um, sneaky ones, I guess, if you've got Sammy Mitchell, mm-hmm. nice Friday VC, Friday yeah. night VC, chuck yeah. it on him. 44 uh, touches last week. Yeah, he, he's been in stellar form. And I mm-hmm. uh, think that if he if he comes out on Friday night, big blockbuster game and not just you up 150 and you've got the VC on him, you'd be bloody happy. Think, yeah. bloody thank you, Houston. Thanks for that, mate. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, as well as that, I think taking a look, West Coast and Sydney, how do you think Natanui will do in the ruck? It's going to be interesting because he doesn't have Lysette this week, so he's going to have to put a lot more um, a lot more time into the ruck. Like, uh, I think it was last week against Richmond. Did they bench him? I'm pretty sure they benched him at like three-quarter time. He wasn't yes. injured. They, they, just, they just wanted to save his legs. 60% game time or something. Yeah, so. see, that's terrible. We mentioned that, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago that if you played more than half a game, you might actually average a decent amount. If you don't have Fife or Goldie, though, it's it could be a good option if you do have Nat Nui just to chuck the VC on him and um, yeah. he plays at 140 on the Saturday and then at 435 you've got Gaz versus North Melbourne, I guess. So, yeah. yeah. Well, see, the, yeah, the it, thing is he's only going to get chop out 
um, from say like a McGovern or someone just roaming through for five minutes. He's yeah. going to have to play big minutes, and I wouldn't be surprised. You know, that's what I'm saying. It's such a small ground at the SCG that um, Swans are going to probably play a lockdown, so the um, the Eagles can't do their their fast running game. So I, you know, that means more stoppages, more hitouts. I can see Nick Nat going big this week, but I'm not sure I can put a um, a number a number yeah, a number on what it is, and I'm not sure I can put the VC on him. Um, Considering that I've got um, the ruse playing pretty much uh, same time as them, so that's why we're best friends. That's why me and you are best friends. Because oh, thanks, man. That's the I... first time we've said that out loud with people listening. I'm just saying it to be polite, but I think. Are you um... wearing your ring? No, no. You... Let's just move on. <laughs> what have we got next? We've got Cheezo's tasty trades. It ain't easy being cheesy. Now this week is a little bit of a change up. I'm going to talk about trades, and I'm not going to talk about trades. You understand in a second. I like mysterious, the, man. The first <laughs> first thing that I want to talk about is we've ha- you know we had those first two weeks where no one did any trading, and then we did a few correctives, and then we jumped on a few bubble boys. The first thing I want you to think about this week, when you look at those trades you've just made, say you've gone a Papley to a Ruggles or someone like that, I want you to think, is this an impulse trade? Okay. Is it something everyone else is doing as well? That's I really want people to think about that because let me just throw some numbers out for you. For I'm going to use Tom Paplett as an example. He's on everyone's chopping block this week, and I just want to throw some numbers out here for you. Remember, impulse trades is how you you know if you do two trades last week, two two trades at um, end of week uh, round two, two trades this week, you've lost one fifth of your trades already. And you probably you probably gained nothing. It's yeah, probably corrective trades. You've probably just a couple correctives and maybe a couple rookies, and you've lost a, a, a fifth of your trade. So it's a marathon, not a sprint. That's what I get across. So Paps plays the Eagles this week in Sydney. It's probably not going to be high scoring. He's he might drop ten k. Let's say for example, if he goes, if he has another bad week, he is not going to drop so significantly. You're not going to make money out of him. I'll guarantee you now that if he gets 20 this week, he only drops 15k or so. He use and if you trade him out the next week, he still makes you a hundred thousand dollars. So it's still a profit. That's the hundred thousand rule that we're talking about. Um, nice. But I'll just tell you his fixture over the next month or so. He's got West Coast Eagles at Sydney. He's then got Brisbane leaking points, Essendon. They've got Richmond, and then the Hawks on a, a Friday night blockbuster. And I, I did some numbers before. If he gets a, another 20 this week against the Eagles, and then he gets he averages 70, only averages 70 against Brisbane, Essendon, Richmond, and Hawks over the following month, he rises up to 290000 So he's basically making you another $100,000 over the next month. That's so, huge. Yeah, what I'm talking about is these impulse trades. I don't want you to trade just because you have to. Or I can go a, the next person I'm going to talk about, I can go a JJ to a Rance or a Gibson who are elevated price by getting out Papley. So you've just really got to think about, is this the best thing for my team in the long run? Would you agree, Houston? A hundred percent. And it's jumping the gun a little bit too early. You're playing Russian roulette. You've spin spin the uh the barrel and if it if it hits you then 
so be it. But you come back the next couple of weeks and you're in good form. But yeah, I think if if you get rid of him and then he comes back and makes gets up to almost 300k, it's just a, tw- a trade race wasted. And you're losing yourself the potential to make another eighty thousand dollars. Yeah. To put it in perspective, I'll use my team as an example. I've got three hundred and ninety-three thousand dollars sitting in my bank. I've got Papley on my forward bench, not even as an emergency, is my F eight, and I'm not trading him this week. Yeah. And okay. same similar situation. I think I've I've got uh, two hundred eleven thousand sitting in the bench. Uh, sorry, in in uh, my bank. And as well as that, I've got Papley yeah. sitting on the bench. So, so like with with the likes of Tip and Woody, um, he's performing well. If you got him in the forward line, mm-hmm. with the the amount of like I guess swings we have, you have Aaron Hall as a mid, you have Dustin Martin as a mid, you have Barlow as a mid, you have Wells as a mid. You can swing things around if you get if you get one of the two of them. If you've got Kerridge, Kennedy. Manager, any of those guys, you're able to swing them around, make a bit, make a few changes to make sure that Papley's actually on the bench. So if he if he does crap this week, it's not going to affect you. And then the next three weeks, he's got a good run. So hopefully, he goes up to that 300k mark. Yeah, that that's exactly right. It, it's, you made it's, a yeah. very good point. Um, it's but the, the next thing I want to talk about is something that's not an impulse uh, an impulse trade. JJ, what do we do with him? The obvious answer is to go to a premium. But I want to go a little bit more in depth. What is a premium? A premium is a consistent scorer that scores, um, say, in the top 15 to 10 of their line, which for a defender is about 90 and above. Okay? Yeah. There were, I think, two or three players that were above 100 last year, and we've already got Gibson going at 122. We've got Rance going at 110. We've got JJ going at 105 himself. Sam Doherty going at 104. Corey Enright going at 103. Rob Murphy out, but he went at 103. We've got uh, Rory Laird, 101. We've got Basher Hawley, 101. Um, Shane Biggs and Marcus uh, Adams, high 90s. Jasper Pittard, high 90s. They're not going to do it for a whole season, guys. Okay? So you've got a JJ. He's 463k. You want to go to a Gibson, for example. It's going to cost you $60,000. Okay. You want to go to a Rance. It's going to cost you $70,000. Even okay. if you, even if you want to go to a Doherty or an Enright, it's going to cost you minimum thirty to fifty thousand dollars. Even to a Rance, a Hawley's going to cost you eighty thousand dollars. I want to. This is the type of the season where you don't. My rule is you don't want to pay overs for someone. So Joshy Gibson, uh, Rance, Hawley, f- nearly $550,000. You're paying overs for these guys. They've all, Rance has made uh, 10000 Gibson's made 35000 on top of his starting price. Um, Hawley's made uh, 24000 on his starting price. We need to look a little bit deeper, okay? First name that springs to mind, Cade Simpson, okay? He's dropped 17000 he is only um, a twenty thousand dollar upgrade on Johannes, and he's only four eighty three. But he's averaging ninety four, and he's done it for ten years. He's coming yeah. into you know, um, as a Carlton supporter, do you think you guys are kind of um, possessing the more the ball a bit more and be being a bit more free flowing? You'd say, Houston. Yeah, I, th- I think so. And the the thing with Cade Simpson is. He a lot of his super coach points come from him being in the back fifty. So yeah. the ball's always going to be in there. Almost half of his half of his possessions 
uh, from kicks inside the defensive 50. So the ball's never not going to be back there, and he's just completely consistent. You've got him back there running, and you've got Doherty that's more of the runner through the middle. Obviously, Cade, uh, Cade Simpson runs through a bit, but the role's, the role's not changing as such, but he's always, always going to have that consistency because Carlton are going to get pumped. Every, every week, they're going to yeah. get bloody pumped. But 100%, Cade, gives, yeah, Cade Simpson will give everything. Yeah. Um, so you've also got, um, say, Sean Burgoyne, um, 465. He's literally a direct swap for Johannesson. Um, spot on his break even, spot on his average, averaging 91. He's going to hold that for the year. Um, you've got a Heath Shaw who's dropped $60,000. Um, you could wait. You could even hold Johannesson for a week or two and wait for Shaw to come down if you've got the, you've got enough cover. That That's actually a pretty clever move if you're thinking about the long-term things. Um, Elliot Yo has been absolutely smashing it, averaging uh, 89. And if you take that 40 out that he got against the Hawks, he's averaging above 100. Exactly, and he's got a break-even of 31. Yeah. How hard is it not to get Elliot Yo in this and week? Elliot Yo is 434k. I, I, <sighs> I'm resisting really hard going Papley to Yo. I know it's yeah. It's he's so- actually he's 10 grand cheaper than what he, um, what he was um, at the start of the year, and he's coming into some form, projected to make 30,000 over the next three weeks. If you want him, you go now. That's it, and uh, Daniel Rich as well dropped three. He's only dropped three hundred bucks, but he scored. What has he scored? Over a hundred twice, and his low score is thirty-eight. But that's when he got uh, he got absolutely sat on, yeah, destroyed by Sammy Jacobs. So you know he can't cop a tag, but you still got the good options there. So you don't, yeah, you don't necessarily have to waste money to get a good option. Yeah, even KK Bartel, they're pretty much straight swaps. Uh, they're averaging high 80s, and they're only going to get better. Um, do I release the one that I want to go to? Oh, I'm going to do it. Okay. Sneaky. Go. Matthew Boyd. I'm finding it very difficult not to go and get Boyd this week. He's sub 500,000. He's dropped 70,000. And you think he's been having a bad games, but he went 90. He went high 70s, high 70s. And 90 again. He's averaging 84. He's dropped 70 grand. You can pick up a 550k defender, one of only less than what you can count on one hand that went above 100 average for the entire year last year. And you can pick him up for 190 grand, only 30 grand more than than JJ. And Rob Murphy's out. JJ's out. They can't afford to rest Boyd now. He is now the general. You've got a Suckling. You've got a Shane Biggs. You know, you've got uh, these guys, but Matty Boyd is the guy that's been... He's averaged over 110 um, five years. He's averaged... uh, He hasn't averaged under 100 for a decade. Yeah, it's... Like you were saying before, it's the premium that you want to get in. And summing up a premium, that that is a premium. Yeah, consistency, done it year in, year out. He's dropped price. He is... He's still going to break even uh, around 130, and he's going to drop maybe 25k in the next couple of weeks. So, you know, even if you just hold JJ and just take, you know, you take a, a 40 point loss this week than what you would have got if you went to someone else, and you pick up Boyd next week for 180k, 178k is projected to be. 
You know that you know that's literally only fifteen thousand dollars to go from a JJ who was a breakout player to Boyd, who is definitely going to be a top ten defender this year because he hasn't he hasn't had a bad game yet. He's averaged ninety two in Dream Team over the first four games. He's still racking up the pill, and he's going to be now be important in that back line again. Yeah, that's it. He can't he can't if they're going to be contenders this year, they can't have him out. Like yeah. like they've got to keep him in there. And they've got to keep him locking down everything. There's no way you can get him out. And in saying Boyd, he's a good selection. With myself, I'd probably hold off for a week because he's yep. going to drop a little bit. And if yep. I had had JJ, I'd definitely go pull it straight from straight from JJ to him if I had the cover. And the the good thing about Boyd as well is he's, he's going to be a serious point of difference. He's in four point seven percent of teams Less than 5%, now. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of people trading him out this week. So the, by the time you get him in your team, he could be owned by 3% or under. And the thing is, he's about to go and, and, and do his run back up to the buys. And people, will, people are going to jump on um, all these other uh, defenders from the Bulldogs. They're going to jump on the Shane Biggs and they're, they're going to jump on the Matty Sucklings because they're, they're the, the, like the hype guys. And no one's mentioned Matty Boyd, who's been a stalwart in our back line for the last couple of years and, and over our, our teams for the last decade. So, you know, just, just have a... You're looking for... Definitely looking for value is kind of what I'm saying in Chizo's Tasty Trades, just to sum it up. That's it. Yeah, great. Good segment. I like that. Yeah. About time I had a good segment. <laughs> not very regular, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's get a good one this week. All right. You might not agree with me, but I don't really care. It's my opinion. Deal nah. with it. <laughs> I like it. Just yeah. deal with it, bro. Um, <laughs> one other thing probably should mention is, um, I, I don't know if we mentioned this this before, but um, trade it, do we trade in Petrarca yet? I'd say no if he's been named on the extended bench. Just so I'd chuck that out there. A lot of people would probably try and trade him in this week. I um, forgot. Just, what, is your name Chizo? Yeah, this is tasty trades, mate. <laughs> as long as it's tasty, it's it. <laughs> mate, that hasn't even had the seasoning yet. No, you don't trade in Petrarca yet. You, you, a lot of people are banking. I've seen on Facebook and on Twitter that they're banking on Petrarca to come in this week so they can downgrade, say, Papley, bring Petrarca in, and then go a JJ to a Rance and things like that. Don't base your whole trades this week on one guy maybe getting a game. You need yeah. to wait until he's on the bubble and you know he's getting a, a consistent run of games. Paul Ruse could say, give him a couple games, and then you know your attitude's not quite right there. Go back to the VFL and earn your spot again. You know, that he's been doing so far this year. So, um, be a manager, average bloody 58 for the whole exactly year. You right. never know. So, don't, I don't definitely know cheat. he's not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. No, he's been tearing it up, but yeah. like, yeah, VFL's different from AFL, it's different levels. So, I, I'm pretty positive that he'll come out firing, but you just got to wait. Yeah, I think so too. Um, all right, let's quickly jump into the team review and have a quick look around. Um, we've had we actually had quite a few um, entries this week. It actually took us, um, or it took Houston. I'm not I'm not going to take any claim to it whatsoever because I was at footy training. <laughs> um, it took Houston quite a, a little bit of time um, to go through all the teams, and we've got a team that we're we're not even sure was made for round one. Are we, Houston? No, it can't have been. I'll I'll run through it. So this fella just just to let you know alex harris we'll say it now alex this is your team we want we want you to reply in the comments to the podcast post did you make this team for round 1 or did you start it in round 2 go for it houston so this fella's got 26 trades left after using two this week and he's got 272000 sitting in the bank 
Now, his defence. Alex Rance, Josh Gibson, Heath Shaw, Jacob Wiedering, Matty D, Darcy Byrne-Jones, Mitch Brown, and uh, we've got Josh Wagner there as well. Nailed all the rookies, didn't he? Nailed them. Probably the only yeah. one in the country. <laughs> That's it. Uh, then mid, Paddy Dangerfield, Dan Hanabry, Nat Fife, Zach Merritt, Tom Libertore, Matty Prittis, Darcy Parrish, Callum Mills, Connor Menadieu, Ryan Davis, and Jay- Jade Gresham. I love that centre line. Oh, it's beautiful. Then uh, Rucks, Goldstein, Blitzarves, and Grimley. Hmm. you got forwards, Hall, Dalhouse, Wells, Marcus Adams, Sam Kerridge, McDonald Tip and Woody, McGovern, and Lincoln McCarthy. This guy said he's struggled with his rookie choices. All, pretty much all of his rookies are making him cash. Like, and then yeah. you got Sam Grimley who's coming in this week, and then he's going and like he's got the only loophole I reckon he's bloody got is probably Jade Gresham and oh, and Ryan Davis as well. But he's sitting in a very, very good situation. Oh, like, let's just go through his rucks. He's got Blickhavs and Goldstein averaging over 100. In forward line, he's got Hall, Dalhouse, Wells averaging over 100. He's got Adams, 96, Kerridge, 83, Tipper, uh, 77. And his back line, he's got Rance, Gibson, over 110, Shaw at 90, Wietering at 90, D at 80, Darcy Byrne-Jones at 80. And his midfield... He's got Danger 126, Hanbury 120, Fife 120, Zach Merritt 117, Liberatore 101, Prittis 118. This guy, every premium is averaging over 100 in his entire team. To sum it up, if he's started with this team... He's winning the comp by about six yeah. rounds. Yeah, if he started with he it... He could take a week off and delete his team and still be winning by round nine. Mate, he's used two trades this week. He's got a full primo team with premium... He's got 300k in the bank. I know. Like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, it, it's unfair. If this, I know he's been cheating. If he started this <laughs> in, like, if he started round one, then he's been cheating. I reckon he's had to have started later in the year, like, like <laughs> last week or the week before when the, uh, when the league started. So, if he, yeah, do let us know. If you Alex, you need to get back to us because we are completely, completely dumbfounded about how good this team is. If you've okay. only used four trades and you have all of these guys in, you are an absolute genius, and we want you to sign up to the page so you can give us advice, mate. Please, please do. Please. And um, thanks heaps, guys, for the uh, reviews and submissions, screenshots. It's it's really, really helping us. Our ranking rankings going up, and um, yeah, we we put in a lot of hard work. The only thing we'd ever ask for is just to review the podcast. So yeah, get it in there, get the review in there. Get really your helps team. us out keeping that uh, quality content going. Exactly right, and um, just to give give you a bit of advice, uh, Alex, I don't. There, there's literally other than cashing in on your rookies and um, getting your primos in there, you are really, really set and yeah. ready to go. So I wouldn't be chewing through your trades um, like kicking rookies out. I I'd be literally sitting back waiting for them just to to um, fatten up, and then you can just go bang like there's. There's literally hardly anything to upgrade in this team. That's it. And just letting you know, guys, we're at 47 reviews for the, for this uh, podcast. Oh, that's brilliant. So Thanks, I reckon, guys. What do you reckon? Number 50 has to be the um, has to be the review for the week. Yeah, I, I think so. Do, I, do we do something special for the number 50? Maybe we sing them a song. 
Well, you know Cheezo's got Chizzy that pack here. on Gangster now, remember? Cheezy over here, you, you gang you gang basher. <laughs> gang banger. Oh, no. Okay. We just Let's go straight <laughs> to the QA because we just jumped into the wrong side of uh, uh, Houston's world. I, I, I don't really want to know what you and your missus get up to. <laughs> Sorry, bro. <laughs> We'll jump over to uh, the Dr. Supercoach page and uh, we'll scroll through um, a couple questions that people have commented. Uh, do you want to go uh, jump in first, Houston, yeah. if you got it up? Yeah, no worries. We'll um, smash through these. That's a bit weird, mate. Right. You know, Josh. I know I'm exciting, but... <laughs> Always you know, have that, mate. Always not have in the up. podcast. I've told you to wear pants and not to tell me these things. Bloody hard to, mate. I'll you get can't excited. think when you're feeling constricted down here. That's, that's the right thing, isn't it? Joshy Schiller. He's definitely got me down. <laughs> Fife or Ablett. Which one should go? And I comment back. I said, should go as in. <laughs> and um, Well, seeing as you're up, you, you can tell us which one you'd go in as. Oh, mate. Fife is life keep, or the goat? Bloody both there. Fife is a good looking man. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, he's, and it looks kind of like a girl, so, you know, but from the other way. Uh, I won't go into that. Um, anyway, Shane Southby, he's gone, Papley, go. We, we covered that just before. I don't yeah. think. He says love from New Zealand. Woo! Love you, mate. Good love to hear that we're, we're crossing the uh, the channel over to the other side. Yeah, Shane. Shane I'm a Tasmanian at heart, mate, so I won't hold that against you that you're from New Zealand. You're one of us. <laughs> um, we've got Cody Mansell. My mids are Fife, Gaz, Pendles, Sammy, Selwood, Wells, Liver, and Parrish. How the bloody hell did you do that? <laughs> Does he have just rookies in the other end? I've cash in the bank. Okay, how did, how did you do that? <laughs> Should I upgrade Parrish or wait a li- little longer? Parrish All is going to win the Brownlow. Don't get rid of him. Yeah, that's right. All the others are holds, or, or should I look to upgrade any of them too? Got a Let, nice little egg nest. Let's see. Should we upgrade Fife, Gaz, Pendles, Sammy Mitchell, Selwood, Wells, Libba, or Parrish? No, 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 no. I... I'd just let them top out. Like, they're, they're all people you're going to hold. There's no point sidewaysing these guys. Yeah, you're sitting pretty sweet, Cody. Keep that. Yeah, I think so. We've got Alex Whelan. I've got enough money to trade Zach Smith to Mark Blickhavs. I don't really want to use two trades this week unless I have to. Firstly, do you think downgrading Papley is a must? I don't think it's a must. No, We've just covered that. And secondly, if I do downgrade Papley, do you think I should get Gorn or do you guys like Blickhavs? I like Blickhavs. I like Blitzavs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like both Gorn and the Blitz. Let's see what their ownership is, because I'm pretty sure Gorn would be... Yeah, Gorn's about 20%. I think the Blitz is about 13%, but don't quote me on that. Well, Uh, let's see. I've got it right in front of me. I'm just doing that off the top of my head. I don't have Supercoach Gold. Gorn is 25% owned. Did you say you don't have Supercoach Gold? No. What's wrong with you? I, I do it off the, just, I see the numbers in my head, mate. Doc's uh, Peanut. What's what, what Blitz? Yeah. So 25% versus 13%. So if you want to go with a different option, you go with Blitzarves, um, and then, yeah, I, I personally go Blitzarves because I just love the way he plays. And... Yeah, I like the pod. He's he's playing as a midfielder now. He's got the ruck midfield eligibility. Half the, well, a quarter of the competition has gone. Why not go a pod? You know, yeah. But the thing is, um, Blitz is going to drop about 50k because of his poor game against Essendon. So, you know, very easily you could you know, hold Papley for a couple of weeks, like we said. Um, let Zach Smith just 
continue being Zach Smith. You know, he was never going to be any good. Um, and just wait for the Blitz to pick him up at 509k rather than 550 that he's at now. Yeah. Um, I'm trading in a... Um, oh, this is Will Townsend. He says he's trading in a mid-primo this week. Jordan Lewis, no. Kieran Jack, no. Or Paddy Cripps. I'd go Paddy Cripps. But if not them, who would you recommend in that 500 to 530k range? Well, I just don't like Jordan Lewis. Oh. I just hate the bloke. He should be probably 200k by the end of the year, I reckon. Yeah. He's on a downward trend. I would wait before I see some signs of life from him. Um, Kieran Jack has been pushed out of the midfield um, with the likes of JPK, Parker being the number one mid, Hanabry, Tommy Mitchell, Benny McGlynn spending some time in there. I don't think Kieran Jack's going to go back to averaging 110 again, but again, we are talking about looking for value. So if you're backing in Jackie to, to come back, and I think he's only averaging low 90s at the moment, if you think he's going to gonna jump back up into the, the 110 range and be a, a top eight mid, then by all means, but I would not be choosing him. I like Paddy Cripps, but he's probably 12 months away from being a really relevant super coach player. Yeah, I agree. And like, th- there's a couple of like you could, if you wanted to spend within that range, you look at someone a real big point of difference. Certainly in 1.8 percent of teams, he's averaging 101.8. Andrew Gaff, what do you think? Yeah, Gaff's turned into an absolute gun now. He was a high draft pick, and it took him a few years to get his feet, but he's he's built that tank, and he's really starting to push up. And I think he tends to score... This is off the top of my head. I don't actually don't quite be on it. I think he scores better with Prittis back in because Prittis takes a lot more of the pressure off him. He can use his outside run. That's it, yeah. So uh, I, I'd have no hesitation going to a Gaff, but I'm not sure he's, again, going to be a top 10 mid. If you can he, afford, and he hasn't dropped any money. He's made money. So I'd be looking for more value than Gaff. I think there's, you, if you yeah. can afford Rory Sloan, I'd go with him as well. He's 536,000. Got a break even of 87. He doesn't average a heap against Hawthorne. But, um, mm. yeah, I think he's going to start. He, he'll hit a turning point now. He's already dropped about 32K. So if you can afford him, I'd go him first option. Look for value, Will. Um, yes. And we've got Will McKay. Since Oliver is out and so is Davis, that means I've got no bench cover. Would Oliver to Petrarca be a good trade? Well, no. No, because Petrarca's going to be on the extended bench most likely. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. But uh, he's obviously got to find something something to cover him. Um, if he's got a Papley, that, if he did have a Papley, that's when I would trade it when you're desperate to find cover. I mean, you can risk it with no bench, but... Uh, it's, it's hard. If you, if you go... I'd need to see your team before I give you advice, Will, I think. And you you could also look, if you've got the likes of um, likes of Wells and you've got all those mid-forward eligible players, maybe look at if, seeing if you can swing one of them into the midfield to give you a bit of cover. Yeah. Or if you make the trade to get rid of somebody, I uh, guess, like a Oliver, uh, it'd be hard. But if you get rid of Oliver, you can get in... I guess move a couple of guys around, and if you need to, you can get in one of those bubble boys in the back, um, and then yeah, see, see how you go from there. I'd I'd probably look at doing that option if you're really desperate for cover and swinging them around via DPP. Yeah, it's the only option for myself. Um, we'll just do a, a few more. Josh Weltman would playing Grimley in the forward line over Kerridge this week. No. No. 
do not. I don't Josh. Think the, sh the first comment, Sean Hodor. Hodor F, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have that sentiment as well. No, Grimley's going to probably be... like He's a tall forward. He's not going to be named on the extended bench if he's going to be getting rotated. He's, you know, these, these key spine players get named on the field. That's why Mason Cox got named on the field this week. He's not going to play. I think um, it's a pretty important one that we touch on. I think there's one from James James Hicks. He says, what do we do with Oliver? Do we trade or we keep him? If you keep, He's I, been rested. For myself, if, if, if I've got no cover like, um, like we spoke about before, yeah. then we... We trade him just using DPP. There's not very, there's no, there's no real good mid options coming through that we can see. Like at at this time, there will be in the next couple of weeks. But right now, there's no bubbles or anything like that. So, if you've got cover, then leave him in there. But if you don't have cover, then you you'd probably have to trade him out. Yeah. And the last question before we wrap this up: What's the go with Ben Keys at the Lions? Hundred plus touches in three weeks, fair few tackles, a lot of goals. Does Leper not like him at all? Thought he'd get a look in this week. Thanks for the question, CJ McAuliffe. Yeah. Um, look, but uh, I don't ben, know. Benny Keys is going to get a run soon, but because we don't have the vest these days, they're not getting half a game to to build them up to AFL standard. They they want them to go back and and smash. Um, Neeful and get that that confidence and that run and feel like they belong at the level before they bring them up a couple of these guys. So um, I think Beams coming back soon and and uh, Rocky coming back in uh, is probably going to hurt his cause. Uh, he's got Matheson coming back soon. So and I think Matheson was on track before Benny Keys to get a go in the Lions midfield. So he's he's one to keep an, an eye on and I, I love this bloke and. He, he hit us up on Facebook not that long ago to say he's not far away. So um, Benny Keys <laughs> is one to keep an eye on. You're obviously going to let him have a few games to get on the bubble. Um, but at 117K, as soon as he's ready to go, you just jump straight on him because this guy is a beast. That's it. Well, that pretty much wraps up this week. I'll just give a quick shout-out to Aiden, whose team name is Cheeky Poos. He's... <laughs> Uh, he's sitting at the top of the uh, Dr. Supercoach group with a total score of 9,134 and an average of 2,283.5. Oh, so, yeah, I love mate. our Supercoach group. <laughs> in, four, in three or four weeks that we've had, we've had Trev, Jack and himself and we've had Cheeky Poos. Yeah. What are the, the chances? Next one's, the next one's Dirty Dutchman. So. Oh, and then uh, one after that's going to be Tom Rugmuncher or something like that. <laughs> so good. No, it's actually in capitals. That was out of bounds. <laughs> so, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's good to see, fellas. I think the top five in our group are all people in the top five hundred. That's brilliant. Yeah, Aiden himself, he's ranked one hundred and sixty-one overall. So, yeah, very, very solid effort. effort. Send us your team, Aiden, for the team review because I, I, I want to know what I needed to do this year. Yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> All right, guys, I think it's... Uh... Yeah, that wraps it up. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. It really helps us out to continue producing that quality content and it keeps Houston happy and, uh, you know, the, don't, no one wants a grumpy Houston. That's it. And I don't yell at my girlfriend. She doesn't yell at me, you know. <laughs> we never condone that sort of stuff, so... M Mrs. Mrs. Houston doesn't get angry at you, does it? That's right. We don't have a problem. Mrs. Cheezo is ringing me right now, so I better get off the pod and I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Just, just call me... Uh, uh, Burke from Better Homes and Gardens because uh, I've got a green thumb and I'm under it. 
mate. You have All a good right. week. Uh, good luck, fellas. Hope your weekend goes right. Oh, sorry. And ladies, playing yeah. super coach. Yeah. And uh, thanks for listening to the end. No worries. Thanks, guys. We'll see you soon. See ya.